that there was that period of time that you were really obsessed with hydro flasks and you bought us all hydro flasks and yes. now literally everyone in the world has one I and know. it's nice and i go everywhere and i compliment people on their hydro flasks how impressed are you with me that i have the original one you bought me you've replaced yours like seven times that's true i've lost my i one time i lost mine at jfk that was oh I, no I, I just my shuttle came and i was like running out to the shuttle and i left my hydro flask an airport is an awful place to lose a water bottle i know i was like well it's gone now like, horrible situation i'm so was, sorry that happened to you i was really sad you know that feeling when like right after you misplace something and you know you're not gonna get it back you have this like momentary wave of intense mourning <laughs> like intense grief and then that passes and you're like i forgot i ever owned it <laughs> What? I'm just imagining if you felt this way about when people died. <laughs> no. <laughs> of course not. Well, all right then. But there aren't the, like things like there there's no like Facebook thing like popping up to remind me that my water bottle was lost to JFK. You don't know. Facebook could do that 7 years ago, like when you bought the hydroflask. <laughs> That's true. All right, this is more than enough chatter. Yeah, okay. We got to right. get better transitions. How do we transition from hydroflask chatter into podcast starting? Um, you know what? That's good enough. <laughs> All right. Welcome to this episode of Rom Comathon. We're here today to talk about Bended Like Beckham. I'm Alex. And I'm Kat. And we have a special guest with us today. Our first guest on the podcast. Rohita, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Rohita Kadambi. Hi, everybody. I'm a writer and stand-up comedian working mostly in the Los Angeles area with appearances now to be seen in San Francisco as well. Oh, that's Ooh, really exciting. We did not know this. By the time this airs, I will have done my first little mini tour to San Francisco. That's very cool. Are you just there for a weekend? Yeah, just a weekend. Congratulations, Rohita. I know, moving Thanks. up in the stand-up world. I mean, I assume... A you, world of which we know nothing. Yeah, when you go to other cities, I assume you move up. Depending on the city, I guess. <laughs> That's true. Oh, no. So we're here to talk about Ben and Like Beckham, um, which a movie that I'm not sure I would have classified as a romantic comedy previous to this, but then I checked it on Wikipedia and it said family romantic comedy. And I was like, I guess I was just mislabeling it all these years. I, I think I thought of it as like a comedy coming of age. Yeah, I think of it as like a girl power movie. I have to say, as I was researching trivia so that I would have things to talk about in this podcast, yeah. I saw that Jonathan Rhys Myers was like embarrassed to have done this movie. And then I know, I know. And Isn't this like his best credit in his life? Well, he was Henry VIII in the Tudors, Oh, that's true. That's true. I, yeah. I did forget about that show. But that was TV. Yeah. I think just he was big at the time. Was he big at the time? Or was this before he was big? Regardless. But basically, there's like a quote from him where he's like, it's one of those girly guilty pleasure movies. It's on that shelf with Dirty Dancing, Footloose, and Beaches. And I was like... First of all, those are all amazing movies. But, but even so, like, I don't know. I would not classify this with those. Like, I think... Well, Footloose, maybe. But, like, Dirty Dancing... I Dirty Dancing is a little different. I think it's romantically driven. And I don't think that that's the main thrust of this film. No, no, I don't think so either. I'm and gonna, I've never seen it. I'm going to punch him in his weird face. He has such a weird face. I think you should tell the plot before yeah, I get yes. into how much I <laughs> yeah. hate him. Yes. We're, we're, we're going to deconstruct Jonathan Rhys Meyers later on. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. So, this movie is about... An Indian teen, unclear how old she is, by the We're way. Guessing by like context clues, like seventeen. Yeah, that's what kind of what I thought, like just under eighteen. Played by a Parmenda Nagra, who was actually like twenty six. <laughs> she lives in like a suburb of London with her very uh, Indian Sikh family. Um, her older sister is getting married, Archie Punjabi, the excellent. Uh, they all seem to work at Heathrow. 
Um, that's neither here nor there. Do they but both work at Heathrow? They all work at Heathrow except Jess. Oh, how old? And the mom who appears no, to stay at home. No, the mom also works at Heathrow okay. because at one point she says, like, at least she worked at Heathrow when she was a kid because, like, that was her story about her birth. Anyway, uh, Barbara is like, super, super into playing soccer, and this is just a thing that her Indian family disapproves of because she's almost 18, and really she should be looking for a man. Um, and cooking. And cooking, <laughs> yes. Or going to college because she did take her A-levels. Yes. Oh, she did take her A-levels. Yes. So they, yeah. they fully intend on her going to university because she did take that step. Yes, yes. Apparently for her, Heathrow is not good enough, so. They want her to be an Indian lawyer yeah. who cooks and has and a man. Honestly, like as an Indian person, for those on who are listening, cannot tell that I'm Indian. <laughs> I was like, um, I was actually, when I first saw this movie, I was a teenager and I was a little surprised as to like how little like school played into this narrative because like as an Asian kid growing up in America, school is your life. Yes. And uh, there's really not much beyond that. And when I saw this movie, I was like, wow, her family spends a lot of time like partying and she doesn't spend a lot of time like doing extra workbooks. I was like, you would think. I think like more than the gender stuff that the parents would just be like, I can't believe soccer is taking so much time away from their studying. Exactly. But it's summer, guys. It's like the summer after high school. Excuse you. Summer is still for studying. Summer is still for studying. I was like, there are still enrichment classes. There are still cello lessons to be taken. That's true. That's true. That's fair. Uh, Anyway, she ends up joining a girls soccer team that she didn't know existed. But Keira Knightley, who saw her playing in the park, was like, come join my girls soccer team. Coached by Jonathan Rhys Myers, the creepiest coach, most inappropriate man to ever exist. The man should be in prison. <laughs> um, so but essentially the movie is like just this conflict between cultures where Jess really wants permanent Negra, really wants to play soccer, and her family really wants her to just be this like like stereotypical like Indian woman archetype. I don't know. But like at the end, you know, she hooks up with Jonathan Rhys Myers. Perhaps. At the airport in front of her parents. <laughs> yeah, They're really... too busy looking at David Beckham up on the walkway. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Um, she ends up getting a soccer scholarship, you know, sort of uh, working things out with her family and being able to go off to college in America where, where she will attempt to play professionally. And that's kind of the gist of the whole film. Most of it is her lying badly to her parents and getting caught out. Yeah. And montages of soccer. Yes. There are many more soccer montages than I remember. I was looking at the date just like yesterday. And this movie came out in 2002. I can't believe it was 17 years ago. It came out in 2002 in the UK. It came out in the US in 2003. Okay, but still. still, This movie is now old enough to be creeped upon by a super weird soccer coach. (laughs) You are correct. Um, I, yeah, I remember seeing this in theaters when it came out. Um, so I must've been like six, really? 15 or, yeah, I went to theaters. I did not like this movie the first time I saw it. I saw this movie for the first time in the UK, actually. I had gone to the UK the summer between eighth and ninth grade. And in the UK, this movie was already out on DVD. And the host family I was staying with were like, oh, you would love this movie. You're Indian. <laughs> and they pulled it out. I watched it. I found it like somewhat enjoyable but I was I still have to say I was still creeped out by the fact that she was like trying to hook up with her soccer coach and I was like because I think at that point I had definitely seen Law and Order SVU I was like no that's a crime (laughs) I was like I definitely knew that that was not okay and I remember being like a little creeped by that but I also remember like kind of enjoying because this was actually the first time that I had seen like a movie in English starring an Indian person Um, and that was like kind of a big deal for me as representation matters. And this was a pre Mindy Kaling world, you guys. Like this was, uh, yeah, no, it was like a couple if of you years wanted before to see, Mindy. Yeah. yeah, if you wanted to see Indian people on TV, you had to watch Bollywood, which my family doesn't do because they don't speak Hindi. So 
this was actually like the first time that I had seen a movie starring an Indian person in a language I understood. That's really cool. I think I also, I felt like some of that in the sense that I was like, oh, look at this movie starring like Asian brown people. Like, that's pretty neat. But then also at the same time, I was like, look at this movie also starring soccer, a thing I care nothing about. True. I mean, it's very hard for me to care about any kind of sports movie. It's like this one and A League of Their Own are the two sports movies that I can like kind of get on board with because <laughs> they're mostly about like the women who are in them and their lives beyond the sport. Um, soccer is one of the few sports that I actually know how the game is played because my high school did not have a fo- we were not big enough for a football team or like a marching band or any of those like typical high school things so our big sport was soccer and then I also went to a college that did not have a football team so I never learned the words I never learned the, the rules to soccer but I know the rule so I never learned the rules to football but I learned the rules to soccer I think this is going to be so confusing for people yeah. who use the word football to talk yep. about soccer oh, like no. in this movie <laughs> yep um, but I, yeah, I still have no, no idea what soccer, I think, I think I learned some stuff at some point, like a couple years ago during the World Cup. And the I, Women's World Cup or the? The men's. I have several friends who are really into soccer and I watch some, but truly I retained nothing. Well, I feel like the great thing about soccer and all other sports that involve getting something into a goal or a basket of some kind is you're like, I don't have to know the other rules. I just know this is what you want. Exactly. This is the end result that you want. And right. like. The other thing that helps, like, in this movie is, like, when a big dramatic moment comes, the music starts. Yes. Whereas, like, in real sports, they don't play, like, Nessun Dorma at a big moment. So you know that, like, oh, everybody pay attention. Like, this is going to go down. It would really help if, like, sporting events were scored by Hollywood. So they're like, oh, we should pay attention. Like, yeah. the music has started. You make a good point. Because I was watching this movie and being like, she must have had a foul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, is that why she's... A red card? Is that why she's kicking the ball into the goal and no one's there? Yeah. Yes. A penalty kick, That's yeah. A penalty kick. Thanks, guys. You guys know things. I know nothing. So much. <laughs> I had to Google a couple of things that had never occurred to me. Like, why do they wear such tall socks? It is partly tradition, partly because shin guards. Oh, mm-hmm. do they fall down? I beg your I mean, pardon. The socks. Because I just feel like they're, they're like- very elasticy. My sister, oh, okay. for a while, my sister actually played school soccer after this movie came out I think she was she my sister was much much more into this movie than I was and uh, my sister actually had a lot of very conservative friends in middle and high school and they were not allowed to watch PG-13 movies even when they were in high school like well past the age of 13 and my house was like for her friends like the cool house and they would sneak this movie Bend It Like Beckham and Legally Blonde against their parents wills and my sister had this kind of like underground like I'm taking like the evangelical kids and teaching them what PG-13 movies are. This is the tamest rebellion it, No, <laughs> this is how you rebel in Fort Wayne, Indiana, you guys. Like, Bended like Beckham is your rebellion. Yes. It was their gateway drug to like, now they all like voted for Hillary. So <laughs> that none of them have followed in their parents' conservative footsteps. Thank like, God. I guess there was a gay person in this film. There was her friend Tony, who's her, amazing. Yeah, her friend Tony. Poor Tony, by the way. I like wrote in my notes. I was like, yikes. I have previously never considered Tony's life situation before this viewing. And right? now and now I'm like, oh no, he has it so much worse than Jess. And when spoiler alert, he like at the end, he's like, I'll marry you so you can go away to college. I was like, that was the sweetest gesture probably That's... in the entire movie. Like, I think that that was probably the grand romantic gesture of this movie. It honestly was pretty astonishing because they're like 18. He was like fully willing to give up his like life's dream of ever finding a partner to like like, just support his friend. Friend, like to go to America and play soccer. Yeah. 
which is the sweetest thing in the world. And like the thing is when she gets or almost gets together with a soccer coach the first time before, his like line to her is, I'm not your coach anymore. And I was like, his lo- that was his like big line to her. I was like, that's so gross. Let's discuss Jonathan Reed's Let's Myers. discuss this coach. Let's discuss. So when I watched this as a teenager, it didn't occur to me to be like that grossed out because I think I thought he was like maybe 20 or 19, but I think he might be, be older. Like, I think he might be late 20s. And this is what? why I think so. Because he had the soccer career and they talk about it before he became the coach of this girl's team. But you can play professional soccer when you're quite young. Yeah, yeah. You I can. don't think he's in his late 20s. But like, if you imagine he played professional soccer from like, let's say like 17 to 22. Okay, sure. That's sure. a five year soccer career. He busts his knee. He needs a while to get over the thing. <laughs> By the time you do all that math, he's at like 26, 27. Oh, I could God. buy like mid 20s. Yeah, I could buy that. Regardless. Like, I don't think he's hit 30 yet. I don't think he's over the age of 30, but I think he's definitely like. 25 to 27. Regardless, he is too old to be partying with his <gasps> oh underage team in Thank Germany. You. Oh, no, not not only the Germany, but before they go to Germany, that first, like, soccer montage, all these girls are, like, leaving his apartment. Oh, and, like, there's, like, a quick shot of it in one of the montages. I thought they were at the soccer club. No, that was an apartment because it was, like, all the way up. I thought, oh, I thought that was like the same building as the soccer club. What did I you think? I like, totally missed what you're talking about. Oh, because okay. it was like pretty late at night too. And he was like kind of buzzed like it was his house. And he had all these like teenage girls hanging out at his apartment. Like I some just... SVU villain. <laughs> as a teenager, by the way, the situation is not helped by Jonathan Riesmeyer's weird face. Yeah, his face is really but weird. But I think as a teenager, I was like, I'm not super into this romantic storyline but like okay sure 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 and as an adult I fully hate this man (laughs) yes I do too he is can you imagine I I, so he shows up at her house like several times and he peers (laughs) through the window at the (laughs) wedding like what and the thing is like that wedding scene is juxtaposed with all these like creepy Indian dudes like trying to dance up on her and you're supposed to be grossed up by the Indian dudes but you're not supposed to be grossed up by the white guy at the window it's like this is just an entire movie full of predatory men except for Tony and the dad (laughs) the gay guy and the dad are the only men in this movie who aren't idiots or predatory and Archie Punjabi's husband to be well he's an idiot like he's 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 an idiot he's a moron he's he's an idiot he's 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 not gonna like you know probably sexually assault anybody but like Jonathan Reese Myers and all the other like tangential Indian men are just so creepy. Yeah, especially since I'm like, oh no, all of you are fully aware of how old she is. Like, yep, all of you. And they're like, yeah, you know she's 17 and they're like staring at her ass at a wedding and like pulling her into dance when she clearly does not want to dance. Yeah, it's really uncomfortable. My question though about their like hypothetical 18 year old engagement or whatever, how much older is Archie Punjabi? I think she's probably in her early 20s. 20s. I would guess yeah. she's like 21, 22 or supposed to be 21, 22. I don't know why they think Jess is such like an old maid where Archie Punjabi <laughs> clearly waited three years past the age of 18. But I guess she was secretly sneaking around with her boyfriend this whole time. People sort of knew it. Like the parents said like, yeah, we knew you. We knew about it at one point. So it was yeah. like, but okay. like, I think it was probably like at least like tolerated because they were always going to get married. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing that like struck me about this movie when I rewatched it yesterday was the amount of slut shaming yeah. in this movie is like, even coming from the protagonist is a lot. She's like, oh, I don't wear tight clothes or makeup or do things that the other girls do. It was like, ooh, 
Wow, there's yep. a lot of internalized uh, misogyny here. <laughs> like yeah. We gotta unpack. They're like, we're different kind of girls because we play soccer and we good. don't care about makeup or boys. It's like, well, they do, but like, because they had that whole, we're not lesbians. We're not lesbians, but we definitely <laughs> care about soccer. Although, <laughs> if some, we're gonna, some of them are definitely lesbians. <laughs> some of them are definitely lesbians. Also, Is this movie would have been <laughs> yeah. so much better had the couple been Jess and Jules. Yes, as most people, I think, maintain. And there's, like, the whole thing with the director. Didn't she say, like, this was originally supposed to be? No, I actually Googled oh. that. And that's just, like, a longstanding rumor, apparently. Oh. Because people want this so much. <laughs> because it makes so much more sense. Because she Bummer. spends more more time with Jules. Like, you see them, like, she meets Jules first, actually, when Jules is, like, doing this romantic meet-cute in the part with her shirt that says 69 on it. Subtle, by the way. <laughs> like, she's, like, watching her play soccer in a shirt that's is 69 and then walks up to her I was like oh wow this is a super gay but super adorable meet cute like I've been watching you play soccer in the park and you're really good join my ladies soccer team if that's not a pickup line (laughs) after four years of women's college I don't know what is (laughs) that's true and so many people in this film keep thinking Jules and her are having, together are having some sort of affair like the Indian girls in the park who are also watching the soccer game for the shirtless Indian dudes are also like why is that white girl watching her, her in yeah. such a way and it's like well I mean they, with that scene at the bus stop where people think they're making out at the bus stop yes you guys really should have made out at the bus stop like, yeah that, it would have been I, fine that's <laughs> like, what I'm saying yeah <laughs> There is quite a also, bit of friendly, almost mouth kissing. Yes, yes. And her mom, like Karen Knightley's mom, thinks that they are lesbians. I forgot that happened. And I was and like... No, that is actually my favorite line in the film when the old Indian aunt is like, she's a Pisces. She's not a lesbian. Her birthday's in March. I was like, that is actually, I think, the funniest <laughs> and most memorable line of this film. I also remember that whole exchange where they're like, what? She's not Lebanese. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The other thing that fuels this uh, this queer baiting is that scene where they go shopping for soccer cleats and they oh, go. Yep, here. Yeah, so this always happens that the lights go off when okay, we don't cool. move around. Don't worry about it. Anyway. And they, they go to the pub, they uh, go shopping for soccer cleats and they go to a pub while a Mel C song is playing in the background. They go on this like very homo romantic date it's, to yeah, buy yeah. soccer cleats and ugly black loafers. Like, And they're having like the best time ever. They are. They're, they're smiling. They're laughing. They're not weirded out by their soccer coach they're just young carefree teen lesbians <laughs> this could have been the love simon of 2003 you guys like it would have been so ahead of its time and cross-cultural breaking so many barriers it would have been the perfect movie they, they missed the mark sadly instead it's a psa well at least they just kiss before she goes up and that's surely, and, true and like once they're up at, at college surely they're gonna be like oh my um, late guess lesbian. what we're lesbians yeah now. <laughs> exactly because i think her line to joe was i'll be back at christmas we'll tackle my parents and i was like you're gonna have bigger news for your parents at Christmas, girl. Like, you're moving to Northern California with your all-women soccer team. Like, I yeah, I just don't think that relationship is going to last. Based off of one kiss. Um. Oh well, Rohita, what are your like complaints about it? Because when we first, when you suggested uh, this movie, you were like, I don't love this. Is it mostly? It's mostly the soccer coach, and I remember like not being into that when I was a kid. Whereas like a few of like I had a couple of friends who were like very into the soccer coach. It was a lot of people's first crush. I was like, this guy? No, really? <laughs> I mean, like he's mostly cheekbones. Like I get that he has like an interesting face, but a lot of people were very into him. I was like, I guess he's white and a neutral canvas for like 
your first kind of sexual experimentation, but like he has a weird face though. It's very cheekbony. He is all cheekbone. There's like, like nothing. It's like a Killian Murphy situation where you're like, this is a weird face. Yeah, but he looks like a serial. Well, Jonathan Rhys Myers also kind of looks like a serial killer. I think. Yeah, he he definitely has that. Like I say again, the SVU villain face. Like if you yeah. were on an episode of SVU, I was like, oh, he's the rapist, definitely. Like <laughs> like that's just the kind of face he has. It's really terrible to say. I guess but, some women are into that. And I guess my other, not necessarily complaint about this movie was it just it showed a very different kind of Indian lifestyle than what. I was used to as an, an an Indian growing up in America um, for like the school thing also got to me and also the sports thing like oh good Indian girls don't play sports but like you know I grew up around a lot of other Indian people and like they all played sports because at least in America sports is how you get into college yep. I was like of course good Indian girls play sports because what are you going to put on your college resume um, but in England sports aren't that integral to the college admissions process yes and I um, think girls do play soccer less also, girls in America play At soccer. At the time. Yeah. Girls in America also play soccer a lot um, more than boys. Like, girls continue with soccer throughout the high school level because there isn't, you know, American football for girls. Soccer is actually a really common way for girls in America to get into college. So, yeah. um, and also the family um, is Sikh and Punjabi, which is very different than my family who are Tamilian and Hindu. And it's just a very, like, different culture. Like, it's a big party culture that, like, my family doesn't really do. So I was like, oh, yeah, I guess this is, like, a very different Oh, is that, is that, like, actually cultural that they're, like, more party Oh, yeah, focused? there are definitely, like cultures in India that are more party focused and de- and um, cultures that are more serious. Um, I, it's largely based on like the caste system in Hinduism. Like mm. Brahmins really don't party because like Brahmins are supposed to be like very religious and spiritual and kind of live that priestly life and then um, Sikhs because they're not necessarily within, they're not technically Hindus but they follow like a lot of the same be- similar beliefs. They kind of have a lot more leeway in their religion to have fun, party, drink, especially in the state, like Pun- Punjabi people especially are known for like throwing really fantastic fun parties. Like the pe- the Indian weddings that you always see with like the yeah. elephants, those are Punjabi people. Oh, Those are people okay. from the state of Punjab who really like go all out and throw these massive like elephants walking in like horses weddings that was what i was wondering because i've seen so many photos from indian weddings that are i'm like this cost more than my entire college oh no and it's it's definitely like a cultural thing in india to have a big wedding but not necessarily the you know menagerie of animals that come along with it that's (laughs) that's um that's a punjabi thing but i think also in America and in kind of diaspora cultures, a lot of wealthier Indians especially been like, hey, we have the money to drop on an elephant. Let's just fucking do it. Like these white people aren't going to know the difference that this isn't like technically culturally correct. But if we have the money for an elephant, we're getting an elephant, you guys. Like, so it's definitely, it's different um, across cultures. But like, I know my parents telling me like they didn't have like an elephant or anything, but they told me they had 500 people at their wedding. Holy oh. shit. I don't even know 500 people. I was like, my grandma knew 500 people. And <laughs> I was like, I get that it was really a party for my grandma but oh my god 50 people are coming to my wedding holy shit that's, that's yeah. insane yeah. wow I mean we're having a very small wedding but well, it's partly still. because of the travel yeah 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 but still that's crazy 500 people it's mind-blowing Did I think they-, they invited like every Indian person who lived in the greater Chicagoland area plus like my dad's extended family I mean free party so like I would go but like yeah. not really free though free. weddings are not free to attend like you buy gifts yeah, but my gifts is not going to offset the... F- I mean, like, I didn't have to pay for 500 people to eat. That's true. 
Food is expensive, as I've yeah, just That's supposed to be the idea, though. And for Indian weddings, it's not only 500 people to eat for that main meal. You have to feed them, because the ceremony is long, you have to feed them breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's a day worth of food. Jesus. God. That's so much. We're just going to feel glad that we're not Indian parents. Yeah. Wedding. I know. I mean, like, you must be saving, like, I mean, like, I don't know, maybe that's why her sister didn't go to college. I don't know. Because she wanted that baller wedding. But yeah. even then, like, I don't know if it's, like, that's because it's in England and in England you have to be more subdued, even if it's your culture to not be subdued. Um, the wedding was fine. And I remember the mom, like, saying a line in this movie about, like, she's like or Archie Punjabi saying, oh, my mom is making samosas. Like, who makes samosas? Especially if you live in a major metropolitan area, you buy the samosas. Oh, I did see. Yeah, they were like prep. There was like that sad montage where, oh, yeah, like, where she's like, "I wish I was at soccer practice, but I'm with all these Indian people." And she's like <laughs> making samosas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Damn, making samosas is intense." Like, you live in London, you can buy samosas so easily. I had some questions about class because. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, are we sure that Archie Punjabi didn't go to college? We're not positive. We're but- not positive, but I guess she works like a ticket counter at Heathrow. Yeah, so- yeah, that's what it looks yeah. like. Yeah. And then when Archie Punjabi's fiance's family comes back to like take her back mm-hmm. and the wedding is back on, mom says like, we'll show them we're not poor people. But then she changes the invitations by hand. I was like, that's not going to show people you're not poor. Like <laughs> <laughs> maybe buy new invitations. <laughs> like, And like early on, she's like, oh, they never thought we were good, good enough, enough for them. So I just wonder like what's happening there i think financially they were not like the super, best yeah off. yeah like they clearly like owned uh a home. Own, own a, owned a, a, house. a comfortable home yeah yeah and they were able to like afford things for their kids or whatever but i don't think they were like super well off i mean it did look like they were all working at heathrow once again i just i don't know back in 2001 if you were making a lot of money doing that it was interesting when Archie Punjabi was basically being like, come on, Jess, like Indian men are palatable now. Oh my God, that scene. Can we unpack that like super racist scene? Good clothes, <laughs> flashy jobs. And I was like, how long before this did Indian people like not have good jobs? I mean, th- I think that must, it's a difference between, I did kind of look this up a little bit too, because that also stood out to me because like in America, we think of Indian people as like doctors, engineers, lawyers. If you're like super crazy and fun, you went to law school. If yeah. You're like the black sheep of your family. Um, but in England, it's a little bit different because Indian people have been migrating to England much longer than they've been migrating to America because of colonialism. Right. And uh, in England, Indian people really couldn't get those upper echelon jobs until like the 60s and 70s. It wasn't really open Mm. to them. So a lot of Indian people in England kind of have histories of like their families owning takeout shops or, you know, doing kind of lower middle class labor that they don't necessarily, you don't necessarily see Indian people doing in America. Like It's it's true, but like this situation, well not resolved itself, but like this shift in cultural Would have happened attainability about a generation like before well them. before Archie Punjabi was like struggling to find an Indian boy to date yeah yeah mm-hmm. also their dad didn't grow up in England he immigrated from, from Nairobi Ruby. yeah from Kenya which uh. was also a thing that happened like Gandhi spent a lot of time in South Africa so and you know the Indian immigration from uh the U.S. largely happened in like the 60s and 70s to get doctors people who are good at math and science away from india as india was headed towards communism so it was actually like a cold war tactic to take the the mathematical geniuses from india to america so they'd be on the american side that's interesting yeah Yeah, now people here are like oh the brown people 
was... like it's been happening for a while you guys <laughs> like we've been here <laughs> my mom get my mom's family came to this country 50 years ago my grandfather had a phd and because of that phd his uh citizenship and my family's citizenship was able to be expedited so it's like when you expedite the citizenships of people with phds people with mds you're gonna have a class of indian people that are doctors and lawyers and just immediately make their way to the upper middle class within 10 years that's very interesting i did not know that but yeah, Jess's family did not seem like they were incredibly well off. But we also don't know that much about neighborhoods of London. Yeah. Like when I was researching, they were like, and they were in this neighborhood, which is where the director grew up, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, it's nothing to me. Yeah. I, I mean, have- I'm guessing just based on like yeah. the outside shots that it's a very Indian neighborhood. <laughs> it's probably like the Jackson Heights of London. There were a lot of Indian, but I was also like watching this being like, I don't know. There are a lot of Indian people, people in, in England. Lo- yeah, like in London, in England. London itself. Yeah. yeah. So like, who's to say? Not in movies. Yeah, that's true. Not in films. <laughs> Not in films, except for this one. Yeah. <laughs> and like- uh, Bride and Prejudice. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Done by the same director. Oh. Oh. Did I, did we know that? I do not think we knew that. Oh, we watched both Bride directed by uh, Gurin Chada, Yeah. Oh. She's the director of both of these films. Oh, the other notes I had were uh, Juliet Stevenson is amazing. Like she's oh giving my God. Yes, she was she, the best. She is probably one of the best parts of this movie. Um, she's given this kind of like the way the role is written is pretty like one note. I'm a gender normative mom who's like kind of embarrassing, but the way she plays it and her line deliveries are just so good. She's so funny. Yeah. I think one of my absolute favorite scenes, I also like had emotions, was when Kira Knightley's dad was teaching her about soccer. Uh-huh. And then like, like she's like learning about it too. And she's like, if we're not, I was like, I guess I'm going to have to enjoy this. As, we're going to have to enjoy this as a family. And then she comes to the soccer game in that outfit with like the huge <laughs> hat, like she's going to a royal wedding. It is amazing. I was like, she got dressed all out. Like you can tell this woman, like she's so sad that her daughter might be a lesbian, but you know, she would have loved to have a gay son. Yes. <laughs> like yes. like, like she- that woman would have been very into having a gay son, but like is distraught by the fact that her daughter's a lesbian just because she wants to go shopping yes. i think her feelings about kira knightley's possible lesbianism though were like a little bit up and down i was gonna say it kind of seemed like she had come around because during that like offsides rule scene i was being like does she still think she's a lesbian yes, she does still think she's a yes. lesbian and but then she's like, later she's when like, she's confronted with it or thinks she's confronted with it she has a meltdown like it's homophobic but also hilarious because you know Juliet Stevenson in real life is like very liberal so it it is very funny and I'm sure like had Karen Knightley actually been a lesbian her mom would have been like upset and then would have been like okay yeah like I I can deal with this you know like I'll accept the situation I did feel like that scene in the car afterwards was so true where she was like no of course there's nothing wrong with it yes (laughs) And I feel like Juliet Stevenson is also, like, that character is where we as, like, Western society were with gay people in 2003. So it was a very accurate snapshot of what, you know, being gay was like in 2003. I know. At least for white parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love how Caradelli in the car is like, it's like, besides there's nothing wrong with it. I was like, like, of course not. And I was like, girl, I know you are just laying the groundwork for when when you come out. I know this is the practice run. (laughs) You're you're just feeling things out. Good on you. Good on you. Like, you know, okay, she's had the bad reaction. Now you know. 
Now you can prep her for the real time when you come back at Christmas and you and Jess are gay together. I loved when she was like leaving the house to go meet Jess at the wedding and mom was like, where are you going in in your best trousers? (laughs) (laughs) It's like what a coded term for you're a big les who doesn't have a dress. (laughs) Oh God, that's such an underrated line. (laughs) I also love the scene where she racially embarrasses herself in front of Jess, like the first time she meets Jess, and she's like, I made a lovely curry the other day. Like, (laughs) see an Indian person, tell them about a curry you made. I was like, I mean, and then she's like, I bet your parents are fixing to set you up with a nice doctor. Like, (laughs) I was like, that whole scene where she just like racially embarrasses herself is played so well. All the the race stuff in this movie is like, you're like, ooh, I feel it. But it's too real. It's too real. Oh, and we haven't shouted out a uh, great character actor Anupam Kerr as the dad. Oh yeah, yes, the incredibly famous, the and most prolific, prolific actor. <laughs> How I, many movies did we? I think we looked, we we looked, looked it up. Him. He was in. He has four hundred and fifty-four acting credits. What? Yeah, he, he's like just constantly like working, working. Good for him. Yeah, he's. I mean, like, I knew he was incredibly famous. Just generally. He might be like my dad who has no hobbies, just works. Um, A truly wonderful performance. I was like, look at dad enjoying himself at the game. Right? It was very That was a very sweet scene. Yes, it was very sweet. um, Predictably, I cried when her dad let her go to the game at the end. Wow. Yep, yep. I would have thought you wouldn't have because you've seen this film before. It's been a while. Although my favorite part of the dad letting her go to the game because he's like, he's like, you can go because I don't want to see you sad on the video. <laughs> it's like I don't yes. want because I don't want the pictures to be bad. That's a very like Indian family thing. It's like I don't want you looking sad on the video. Like <laughs> he's like, I need to see you smiling once. on the video, <laughs> not in real life. Just make sure it's good for the tape. <laughs> Um, I was, by the way, at the end of the movie, when, like, Archie Punjabi, like, turns around and is pregnant, I was like, oh, no, that happened fast. And then Alex, who watched the end with me, was like, she was definitely like pregnant, pregnant before. before. <laughs> oh, because she's like, I can't wait that long to get married, guys. And yep. also, she's like, she looks so Real far along. pregnant. Yeah. Also, that explains, like, how mood swingy she was, though. <laughs> that definitely explains a lot about her character, the fact that she was, like, a little bit pregnant the whole time. <laughs> I, I, I had never thought of this movie in through like or like viewed this movie through this lens but i will only view it through this lens from now on i, I mean, will be like also, she's hormonal i didn't pick up on the pregnancy thing until this time watching like i didn't pick up on it as a teenager i watched it i was like oh yeah now she's pregnant that makes sense i was like no she's real pregnant like, if you yeah. think about the amount of time between like when they get on the plane and when they send the first postcard yeah yeah she's ballooned oh the other thing we didn't talk about the Germany trip. Yes, I had some questions about the Germany trip. One, how was she allowed to go to Germany so last minute? Well, Surely she needed a permission slip. It, well, I think if you're or over the age of like 16, you can kind of just like the oh, you EU, can just you, you, you can just get up and go. Oh, okay. Um, I kind of looked this up with like EU rules because I was like, what? I was like, this scene would be much more difficult now but, that Brexit is happening. You but can't just this like hop was on a plane. Pre EU. Yeah. No, this was pre. This was post like. Uh, travel rules though oh okay yeah the travel like the i think the euro was like just starting as like a currency but the travel rules for like anyone in like the eurozone were still like pretty easy i want to just be able to just pick up and just like i mean i guess i can i mean it's kind of like how we pick up and go to like other u.s states because like the geographic size is about the same like yeah it's tiny yeah that's true but still like when you're crossing state lines you still need a permission slip from your parents if you're under the age of 18 here but um in england the age of majority is like 17 i think 
You need um, a permission slip to cross state lines. Well, not a permission slip, but like if you're school, if you're t- going on a trip, like with a school, with a, with a like, but the it, soccer team's not a school. It's not thing. a school. It's but like it's, a but private it's still thing. Like, but it's still. But like it's a, run by Jonathan Rees Myers. I mean, it's still <laughs> it's a <just> thing. <laughs> I think they are less strict about that in England than they are in the U.S. And I also, because of Jonathan Rhys Meyers' character, looked up the age of consent. It is 16. In Germany, where they were, it is 14. Oh, no! But then I looked it up more extensively, and it's 14 if the person you're hooking up with is, like, 16 to 14 in that Oh, range. yeah, it's oh, like okay. the statutory... And then it, at 16, it goes up, like, you can hook up with somebody up to the age of, like, 21. And then at 21, it's, like, completely free game. Okay, all right. That's similar to here. Yeah, so what is it in the UK, though? Because if we it's think- It's 16. It's 16, and is that like like anything goes? Like it's 16, anything goes, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Whoa. It's super young throughout most of Europe. There was recently that thing where the like New Hampshire marriage law was finally raised from like- 12? <laughs> something, like we still allow like bizarre child marriages it's in the interesting US. interesting if yeah. you look that stuff up. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but their trip to Germany again, though, like they were just like clubbing. He was too old to be clubbing with them. Also, you know how that there's a, that that running meme throughout the thing, like, oh, Kira Knightley dresses so ugly, and her mom wants to buy her cute clothes. She had a cute clubbing outfit. Like, she, does her mom not know about that outfit? She <laughs> looked cute the whole time. That was the whole reason I watched this movie so many times when I was <laughs> seventeen because she looked cute. Yeah, and like, also, let's discuss how Kira Knightley was sixteen when this movie was filmed, and like, you were seventeen thinking that like a sixteen-year-old was cute, fine, but like the fact that this was shot in such a like sexualized way when she was so young. There were really icky. There were a lot of shots of like young women in sports bras. Some of it was like fine in terms of it just felt like this was part of their like soccer game. And then some of some of it felt a little bit, a little bit pervier. Yep. Or at least could have been taken in a really pervy way. And I mean, like maybe that's like a cultural difference between America and Europe. Like we do tend to be a little more puritanical about stuff like this, but maybe for the better maybe for good like maybe this is a good thing maybe this is a good thing guys like to be fair, I maybe don't, don't sexualize teenagers yeah i don't know how old the other actresses are who are playing their teammates so um, i did look this up the other people <laughs> who were playing the teammates were actual like england soccer players oh so they okay. were probably in their like early it's basically to like okay Carmen Nagra, who was like 26 yeah <laughs> um kira knightley who was 10 years younger than her which is yep. shocking 16. by the way yep um one like musician and then a bunch of professional soccer players. Okay. All right. So, and they, by the way, they played all their own soccer, which is very impressive. That yeah. Is very oh, my impressive. God. If I had to do take after take of, like, sit-ups, I would quit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm leaving this job immediately. <laughs> How dare you make me do sit-ups in the hot sun for hours? This might be my breakthrough role, role but we'll never know. <laughs> yep. And, and it was Karen Knightley's sort of, like, breakout role. Yeah, the, yeah, it was. This was before pirates. It was this right was before, before Love Actually. Yeah, and after that, she well, actually, I think in America, this movie and Pi- the first Pirates came out the same summer. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, both these movies in America came out the summer before I started ninth grade. Yeah, I remember seeing both of those movies in theater that summer. I saw them too, and I was like, "Who is this beautiful oh. person? <laughs> Who is this beautiful girl?" <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna have your sexual awakening to somebody, it should be Keira Knightley in this movie. 
I really enjoy Archie Punjabi in this role, actually. She is so versatile as an actress. I know. Um, she can do this and then, like, turn it around and be Kalinda on The Good Wife. I know. Like, kicks ass. I know. Um, I do have... Another person in this movie who, like, went on to do gayer roles. I know. Everybody <laughs> should just do gay things, you guys. It's the moral of the story. Is is everyone mor- should be gay. <laughs> it is the moral of the story. I love her so much, and I wish she was on TV all the time. I'm sad she's not on The Good Fight with... Uh, the Good Wife spinoff. Yeah. Christine yes. Baranski. Oh, apparently there was a musical of this movie. I can't believe oh, we missed yeah, that. yeah, a West End musical. I, I only saw that when I looked up the Wikipedia entry for the film, and then it was like, for the musical, and I like, was like, what? what? <laughs> How has this not come to America? Do you have more information about this musical? No, I do not have more information about the musical, because sadly, did not know it existed, and we missed our brief window to see it. I know, apparently. I guess we were children, so we likely wouldn't have gone, but... We couldn't just, like, get on a plane, go to London, like, get on a plane, go to Germany, like, see... see See the Bend It Like Becca musical. It oh. were 2019. We, we, did, we, we did not address the fact that Jess lies like three or four times in this film, gets caught by her family every time, and then goes back. I'm like, no one has learned any lessons from this. She has not learned to be a better liar. Her family has not learned to be more suspicious. Like, what? Is, <laughs> why can't these people learn? Because they needed more soccer montages. That's why. <laughs> Apparently, I felt like in my memory, she got caught out like two or three times. She gets mm-hmm. caught out like four times. It's a lot of times. Her family is like constantly showing yeah. up. She hasn't been like grounded for eternity. I mean, I guess, like, there was that time where she was grounded, but she still went anyway, like, when her family went to the temple. Yeah, yeah. There was that time when her dad shows up. There's the time, there's, like, the first time where she's, like, playing for them, and then, like, her sister gives her up. Yeah. Um, there is... Well, I think the sister found out, but the sister didn't give her up until the sister's fiancé dumped her. Yes, yes. And then she's like, I'm just gonna lash out. yeah. Um, this is my first month of pregnancy. My hormones are going crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's when she sneaks off to go to Germany, she gets caught out by that. Like, there's just like well, I think ed- she told her sister about the Germany thing, so she didn't lie to her whole family because no. she needed a cover. Yeah, yeah, but and that was when like she and her sister were getting along better, so her sister was willing to cover for her. Mm-hmm. But her sister keep being like, "Trust me, like I know how to like do this lie." I was like, "You're not giving good advice." No, and even then, like she didn't know how to do the lie because the parents were like, "No, we knew you were sneaking around with that guy." So. Yeah. Oh, and then the one moment where they, the first, the only moment where they say the title, Bend It Like Beckham, is during the coming out scene. Because when he's about to come out to her, she's like, of course you like Beckham. Nobody can bend a ball like Beckham. He's like, no, I like Beckham. And like, comes out like, wow, so Bend It Like Beckham, the term was only used during the coming out scene. More proof that this movie should have been super gay. Um, Quick best and worst, maybe? I don't know if I thought there were a ton of like worst lines. Maybe oh, other than the- I'm not your coach anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. I thought it was overall like funny, but less specific. Like it was yeah. one of those movies. But my least favorite moment was when Keira Knightley is like, oh, was that okay? Like, did you get in trouble? And Parmen and is like, no, he was really nice. Just really professional. And I was like, mm. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Also, at one point, the Indian parents say, what greater honor is there than respecting your elders? elders. Oh, like, that seemed a little, like, I I, I know an Indian person wrote the script, but that seemed like a line that, like, a racist white person would say about an Indian person. Like, they're so traditional. Look how conservative they are. Like, um, I'm trying to think what else. I loved after the lesbian commotion when the Indian people still don't know what was happening. Oh, yeah. And they're like, English people always complaining when we have functions. I was but like, why did she take her shoes? <laughs> yes. so, I love that whole exchange where they're still like puzzled by this whole situation and no one has bothered to explain to them. I mean, of course you wouldn't. So like, oh, delightful. 
here's a question at the end jonathan Riesmeyer is is playing cricket with her dad i was like "Ooh, if he were 19 this might be nice but as it is i hate him but also does dad know like is dad soon is he soon gonna be thrown out of this game (laughs) (laughs) i guess this is like the like maybe a sequel in the works that we could find out a more sequel about. that shouldn't happen because they should all just be gay they should all well the sequel really would be that like jess comes home with her girlfriend and it's like Ugh, i gotta tell them do you think that'll be tony's story i would love to know tony's story Me tony's too. story is now like as a 30 year old like tony's story is the one i want to know no more, more about yeah because he's gonna have a rough time like we all know he's gonna have a rough time and I would like to know how he like sort of reconciles his family and his culture. And I want to know if he still keeps in touch with Jess and they can like help each other out during their coming out journeys. Exactly. I mean, rough for him. Also going to be rough for her, you yeah. know? Rough but for you know, they can, they can rough it together and face their communities together. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's so heartwarming. So heartwarming. Um, lastly, I would like to say that the David Beckham poster that she has up in her room oh my is God. creepy it as is so creepy. fuck. <laughs> Imagine you are asleep and you open your eyes and that's the first fucking thing you see. Also, I feel like this is like a trope in movies, especially about teenage girls, that they have these like massive posters of like kind of shirtless men in their room. And I was like, as a former heterosexual teenage girl, like I didn't do any of that. I think I had like a hairspray poster on my wall. But like, I don't think I had just like massive pictures of like, you know, whoever the heartthrob du jour was in 2004 like I don't have I didn't have like an Orlando Bloom poster or like oh my god I would have but I did not <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I did not do any of my own decorating was yeah, Jonathan Reese Myers just like who they got because they couldn't get Orlando Bloom I think we can you know I don't even know if we really need to do like a person of color count for this movie it's, it's half the cast <laughs> I mean like yeah like base almost the entire cast so. oh we have to score it Oh, we do have to score oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. As a rom-com. As a rom-com, it's like one out of ten. <laughs> As a movie, I would give it like a six. I, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I give it like a six or a seven. I think it's like pretty good. Like six out of seven soccer balls. Six out of seven creepy coaches. Six out of seven beans. I'm really sad. Six though. out of seven David Beckham posters on your wall. Six out of seven. Sorry. Six, oh, sorry. Six, six out of ten. Six or seven out of ten. Six or seven, seven out of ten, ten. Yeah. David Beckham wall posters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, ugh, ugh. Six, out, six or seven out of ten samosas that you made yourself by hand. Six or seven out of ten, someone arrest Jonathan Rees Myers. <laughs> someone call the British equivalent of 911. He needs to be on a registry. <laughs> yeah. All right, and I think that's kind of it for today. Rohita, do you have anything you want to plug? Where can people find you? Um, I guess the, by the time this episode comes out, you can see me at the Ruby in West Hollywood on July 5th at 8 p.m. Yeah, and what about Instagram or Twitter? Oh, Instagram, Twitter. Um, my Twitter handle is Rohita, R-O-H-I-T-A, and then the letter K. And then my Instagram handle is uh, Rohita, R-O-H-I-T-A, period, Kadambi, which is my last name, K-A-D-A-M-B-I. Awesome. And they can follow you and come see your very funny stand-up and support you. And yeah. And if you're interested in hearing more of Rohita's stand-up, she's also doing a set on July 29th at 7 p.m. at Mickey's in WeHo. The show at Mickey's is called Ruthless People, so please check her out. And then uh, for Rom-Comathon, again, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and we'll talk to you next time. 
Thank you to Hannah Oatman, who composed our theme music, and Alexandra Oatman, who painted our logo art. You can follow Alexandra on Twitter at, at Alexandra. Special thanks to Quincy Surasmith for advising us on the art of the podcast. Subscribe to his wonderful podcast, Asian Americana, at wherever you get your podcasts. Want more Romcomathon? You can read past reviews at romcomathon2016.tumblr.com and follow us at romcomathon2016 on Facebook and Twitter and romcomathon on Instagram. We look forward to hearing from you. Please subscribe and rate Romcomathon on iTunes. Thank you.